Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Football Friday, and it is a a really, really busy day today. Super excited uh, to get this show going. We've got two hours right here on ESPN Tucson full of football action, lots of uh, commentary, opinions, previews, predictions, as it's been a while since I've been able to try to wrestle back my season record on the on the Friday five my five college football picks against the spread as uh, I was looking through the uh, the data from before I had my little covid break there uh, the last two weeks leading up until uh, leading up to November I did not do well and I you know I don't think that I, I was kind of tracking some things with some of the uh, some of the predictors and prognosticators and such across the country that also pick games against the spread, and they weren't doing so well either. So I guess it's just been kind of a topsy-turvy season, and yeah, it has been. I um, haven't had a chance to really kind of look over all of the ATS records for the you know for the teams in college football, but I'm guessing it's uh, probably not very good right now. So we'll. Uh, uh, we'll see, uh, and we'll have that for you in hour number two when I do my Friday Five and my NFL Lock of the Week. The NFL Lock of the Week has been great for me. I'm seven and two on the season there, but uh, that's against the spread. But uh, yeah, the um, Friday Five hasn't been so great. I think we'll try to turn it around. I've already got my my parlay, my five leg parlay set for the Friday Five. I've already uh, sent the money to uh, to FanDuel Sportsbook, so it's locked in. Remember. When I make picks, I back it up. I got it's not just lip service here. I put my money where my mouth is. I always make sure that uh, that I bet the same things that I'm giving you guys, just so I can have it locked in. Because I I believe in myself, right? That's what you got to do. You're listening here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. We are Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. We do have some local things to discuss today. Stanley Berry Hill the third. Of course, the uh, the leader of the Arizona Wildcat football team this year announced his intent to enter his name into the 2022 NFL Draft. We'll talk about that. There's some high school football going on in the city of Tucson as the lone remaining Tucson high school football program still in action in the playoffs. In action tonight in Tucson as number two South Point Catholic will be taking on number three Desert Edge in the 5A semifinal. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit when we do some local stuff. Bronco Mendenhall, head coach, former now head coach of University of Virginia, announced his resignation yesterday. Um, we'll talk about his time in Charlottesville and who the candidates are. I have three candidates on my list. Just, I, you know, I woke up this morning and seen that he had he had resigned, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, let's quickly think of of a few guys that I can that I can really see kind of you know looking at that job and you know highly considered for that job so we'll have that for you as well um 
again, as I mentioned before, the Friday Five NFL Lock of the of the Week. We will preview NFL Week 13 for you, give you a look and some insight and opinions into some of the games. Of course, I'll give you my lock. Uh, also, the Arizona Wildcats did not play basketball last night because University of Washington was uh, forced to cancel due to COVID protocols that they believe they got from the tournament that they were in in South Dakota. Um, I was reading some things about that, and and the three teams who were – also, the, the other the other two teams who were visitors in that tournament, South Dakota was the the host. The other two teams that came to visit are also in COVID protocol right now. So, uh, sounds like uh, the state of South Dakota got the better of three teams that uh, that came in to visit there and caused some problems. And I saw that uh, I saw that Bruce Pascoe, uh, great beat writer, of course, for Arizona basketball at the uh, at the Daily Star, he had also mentioned. You know, I talked about yesterday morning, like. It doesn't look good for a reschedule for a lot of reasons, mainly because Arizona doesn't have to if they don't want to. George Klyovkov could force them to, um, but I don't know if that's going to be the case. You know, I mean, Arizona financially would not like to refund fans for their tickets and things like that, and I didn't really even get into that aspect of it. But I was just looking at the scheduling aspect, and, you know, it doesn't look good, and, and Bruce Pascoe kind of dug into it as well. And, you know, he agrees. He's like, there's like one, maybe two dates that could possibly work. But, again, it may not even matter by the time we get to that point in the season. So we will uh, uh, obviously be, you know, looking for news on that if uh, Arizona wants to play that game. But they do have a game on Sunday. They're going to be heading out to Corvallis. Uh, The Wildcat men's basketball team will head out uh, today. They'll be uh, heading up to, uh, to Corvallis, Oregon, to take on the Oregon State Beavers, of course, who had the, the great run last year in the not only the Pac-12 tournament, but in the NCAA tournament as well. However, last night they had their Pac-12 opener. They went down to Berkeley to take on the California Golden Bears. And uh, Mark Fox and the Bears now 4-4 four and four on the season. Meanwhile, Wayne Tinkle and the Beavers 1-7 and seven after a 73-61 to 61 loss. They got really beat up in the second half of that game. They couldn't defend anybody. Cal shot 50% from the field in the game, and uh, Oregon State just wasn't very aggressive offensively. Uh, this is a team that is, you know, I when, when I was making my predictions for the season, you know, a lot of people were high on Oregon State, and look, rightfully so. Look, and, and I said, I, I even remember saying, and it's because it's true. I love Wayne Tinkle as a head coach. I, I really like Wayne. Uh, I think he's got a, you know, a lot of things to offer. He's a tough guy. He really instills a great culture with that Oregon State program. You never hear problems or malcontents or anybody having issues with that program. I mean, they have a couple guys transfer in and out of there, but everybody does. Um, I think I think he runs a great program. It's very difficult to recruit for basketball up there at Oregon State, so any kind of victories they get are well-earned. Last year, they caught lightning in a bottle. They got hot. The guards were shooting extremely well throughout both tournaments, and things just kind of all fell into place for them, not to mention they got some favorable matchups, in my opinion. And this year, I expected them to fall back, and they have. Man, they are 1-7 right now, currently Tenth uh, uh, in the Pac-12, and the uh, the Wildcats will head up there. Obviously, they're a dangerous opponent. Every time Arizona goes on the road, it's a dangerous uh, situation for them because, regardless of 
Arizona's successes that season or the previous season or whether they're ranked or not or whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, Teams gear up to play Arizona every single time, and they do it more than they do it for anybody else. There's there's more attention on beating Arizona uh, when they come into the building, more attention than they give Oregon, more attention than they give UCLA, USC, any other team in the Pac-12. It is a completely different environment when uh, Arizona comes to town. So always a dangerous situation for Arizona, you know, with going on the road inside the conference. But uh, I am pretty confident that the Wildcats will be able to come away with a victory. Christian Coloco nursing a just a real minor, minor ankle injury. Tommy Lloyd said in his press conference that, uh, you know, Christian's a tough kid and he'll be good to go. So that's good to hear. And uh, Arizona will just continue to uh, to do their thing and uh, hopefully come out of there with a victory, come out 1-0 in the Pac-12 before they return back to the McHale Center for a few games before they head out to Champaign and then come back home and then head out to Knoxville. Two ranked teams waiting for the Wildcats in their true road games coming up uh, before the Christmas break. So we will talk plenty of Wildcat basketball coming up. The Phoenix Suns won their franchise record 18th consecutive game last night with a 114-103 victory over the Detroit Pistons. The line in the game was 11.5. So uh, I know several people who were very uh, downtrodden last night because of one point. I, a good buddy of mine had a pretty big five-leg parlay on that game, and he got four of the five legs, and the leg he didn't get was the one point. And uh, he's he, he he's a former U of A basketball player, so he was mad at DeAndre for uh, missing free throws in the game, of course. Uh, Wildcats should shoot better free throws, I agree. Uh, DeAndre didn't have the best game shooting uh, at the free throw line, but he did play well. He scored 17 points, grabbed 12 boards, another dub dub for uh, for DeAndre, and those are ba- you know those are like his numbers. You know, what I mean, 17 and 12, 18 and 13. Those are those are every night uh, numbers for DeAndre Ayton. Now you shouldn't expect anything less from him. Uh, he was seven of 11 from the field, had a couple of dimes, had a couple of steals, no turnovers, played really solid. But it was the Phoenix Suns bench who really got things going. The starters kind of got outplayed a little bit in certain areas. I know Jeremy Grant had a huge game. He scored 34 uh, for the Pistons. Cade Cunningham looked really good, 8 of 15 from the field, shot well from beyond the arc. He scored 19 points, the rookie. Um, got you know five assists in the game as well. But it was really the Phoenix Suns bench that dominated the game and, and kind of dug this one out against one of the league's worst teams as the Suns bench outscored uh, outscored the Pistons bench by a score of 48 to 20 and it was the Cam and Cam show. Cam Johnson and Cameron Payne had tremendous games last night. They each scored 19. Cam Johnson he couldn't miss. He was absolutely on fire. He was 7 of 11 from the field, 4 of 6 from beyond the arc. Those are the numbers that we expect to see out of Cam Johnson. He is such a he has such a beautiful jump shot. A just a naturally effortless jump shot. I love I can watch Cam Johnson shoot all day. <laughs> I, I love his technique, just how fluid he is. He's got a nice high release. It doesn't get blocked. It's a pretty quick release. He's got excellent footwork getting himself getting you know getting his his feet underneath him every time he takes a shot. He's rarely rarely off balance. I I, I honestly I could watch him shoot all damn day. But he had 27 minutes last night, also had six, uh, six rebounds, scored 19 points. And uh, then campaign, 
came in. He played 21 minutes, scored 19 points in his 21 minutes. It was a all-out assault uh, on the rim from Cameron Payne. He knew that he had his man beat. It was often Cade Cunningham. Uh, he knew that he had uh, his man beat uh, any time that, that, you know, that he was going to, to have the ball because Cameron Payne has set that ridiculously fast first step, super quick first step, uh, and it was just an all-out assault on the rim. 19 points for him on 8 of 14 shooting. He also had six rebounds, dropped a few dimes in there as well. As far as the, the Phoenix Suns starters, Mikel Bridges uh, led the starters with 18 points. And then uh, Chris Paul helped in with uh, 12. Landry Shamit uh, shot pretty well from beyond the arc, 4 of 8. Uh, last night had 14 points. J- uh, Jay Crowder was pretty quiet, only took a couple of shots, scored 5 points in his 24 minutes. So the Phoenix Suns now, with their franchise record 18th win in a row, will take their uh, efforts up to San Francisco tonight to take on the Warriors in Suns-Warriors 2. That game is going to be at 8 o'clock. You can hear it right here on ESPN Tucson, your radio home for Suns basketball. Now, I think, you know, one of the – you get a smile on your face when you you hear things like this, when you see things like this. Suns-Warriors was not scheduled to be on ESPN National, ESPN, you know – ESPN 1, if you want to call it that. Uh, It was not scheduled to be on ESPN originally. ESPN, after Tuesday night's game between the Suns and the Warriors, bounced the other game that was previously scheduled there. That game was a battle for Los Angeles game. It was the Clippers and the Lakers, and it's LeBron's return to the lineup for the Lakers. ESPN was like, get that crap out of here. We want more of that Suns-Warriors action. You love to see it, man. I, 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 you know, you in, in a in a in a world where the big markets and the big superstar names always get preferential treatment. This time they got pushed to the back, and the Suns and the Warriors, the, the the ESPN, thankfully recognized greatness. The two best teams in the NBA. Period. End of story. Uh, are now going to be featured tonight on uh, ESPN. So. If you're home, you can watch it on on television. If you're going to be out running errands, uh, doing some Christmas shopping, whatever, you can hear it right here on ESPN Tucson. Of course, your Tucson radio home for Suns basketball. That game, uh, I think the Warriors are favored by seven and a half in that game. I noticed that. I was like, I'm going to put myself a little parlay on that. So I've got an SGP going for uh, for tonight's Suns Warriors game that I'm pretty excited about. Looking forward to. It. I got DeAndre with a double double. Uh, Suns with a victory. And uh, I'll be, you know, hoping for that. I, you know, it's it's a toss up right now. Without Devin Booker, you don't know if the Suns are going to be able to keep pace. If Steph Curry is able to bounce back from his bad night that he had on Tuesday, which I fully expect him to. But you know, can Jordan Poole have his thirty points? You know, scoring sixteen points in the first quarter. I don't think that they'll get that kind of output from Jordan Poole. So there's some give and some take. Um, I also think some of the other Suns players, guys like Cam Johnson, who had a bad game Tuesday night, Cameron Payne, who had a bad game Tuesday night, I think last night was a little bit of a precursor for them having a little more effect on the game tonight in in San Francisco. So that's going to be exciting. Really looking forward to some Friday night action, flipping back and forth between that and the Pac-12 championship game, of course, between Utah and Oregon, which is uh, which is going to be tonight as well. So looking forward to some Settling in for some sports action tonight on a Friday night. Going to take it easy, chill here at home, maybe get some uh, you know, I don't know, pizza and wings or something. I don't know. 
chill and watch the games. Lots and lots of great sports action going on tonight. So uh, Suns looked look to, to extend their uh, winning streak to 19. Also, just an FYI, if you're looking ahead, Suns Warriors 3, Part 3, is going to be on Christmas Day. So NBA setting themselves up nicely with putting both of those teams on the schedule for Christmas Day. That's going to be the marquee game uh, that day, or at least it should be. Both of these teams should continue to win. Uh, so, yeah, Suns Warriors 3 on Christmas Day, which means – They'll only have, I believe, those two teams only play four. They play four times this year, so they'll only have one more head-to-head game after Christmas, which is crazy to think of. So those two teams will be battling for the Western Conference, you know, seeding one of the you know one of the top two or three seeds in the Western Conference individually. They won't be having matches up against one another. So um, there, it's important for the Phoenix Suns, of course, to play real good football right now. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we're going to do some local news because the uh, the Arizona Wildcats are going to be losing a leader this offseason, and there's some high school football going to be going on in Tucson tonight. We'll talk about that. Join Spears and Ali for Monday Night Football as they broadcast their show live from the famous Sam's on River and La Choya. It's a clean and friendly spot to bring your friends and family, so come on down and watch the to watch the radio broadcast live from 3 to 6, and then stick around for some Monday Night Football that you can view on Famous Sam's 42 televisions and enjoy Famous Sam's 20 beers on tap and, of course, those delicious pastrami sandwiches that they feature as well. They have a happy hour from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m., and then, of course, stay for the game, watch the broadcast, have some fun, maybe win some swag from the ESPN Tucson uh, promotions crew. For more information, you go to ESPNTucson.com. But again, that's Monday Night Football at Famous Sam's on River and La Choya. You're listening to The Jeff Dean Show right here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to The Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. FYI, today is also your last day to try to win those women's basketball tickets that we've been giving away all week for next Thursday night's game at the McHale Center. Adia Barnes and the women's basketball team return to action at the McHale Center next Thursday night, and we have a pair of tickets to give away to you today at some point within the next hour and a half. <coughs> Pardon me. Be listening for your cue to call. And uh, and then once I give that cue to call, dial in. And if you are the lucky caller, you will win a pair of tickets. They'll be uh, digitally sent to you, whether you're uh, probably to your email. So have a good email account ready to go for us, and uh, you could win those tickets. So be listening for you to cue to call. Could happen anytime within the next ninety minutes or so. Stanley Barry Hill the third announced his intent to enter his name into the 2022 NFL draft class, and rightfully so. Uh, It was announced earlier this week that he had been invited to participate in the East-West Shrine game that's going to be in Las Vegas uh, on February 3rd. So that's that's kind of a big indicator that, look, you know, if you get invited to play in that game, you're being looked at, you're being scouted. Uh, they, you know, people want to get a closer look at you. There's going to be a, obviously a ton of NFL. All, all 32 teams are represented uh, in those uh, in those types of games. So he's going to be looked at, and he's going to have an opportunity to get uh, essentially some, you know, some uh, some NFL draft consolation uh, or counseling, I guess I should say, and 
get a you know I, I think a pretty good idea of where the interests in NFL teams lie. I don't personally know you, you know with with players like like Stanley, you want to wait and see how they perform in the East West Shrine game. Do they you know do they show out in that game? Do they uh, you know do they do they look good? Do they outperform their peers? Uh, you you want to see situations like that because you know as as it stands right now he's kind of a fringe player of whether he'll be drafted or whether it's going to be uh, an undrafted free agency situation which there's nothing wrong with that the NFL I, I it was 2019 the last time I saw the actual number so I don't know if that number has grown or if it has lessened I'm guessing that the number is higher today than it was when I saw it. I think it was like mid-season of the 2019 season, that 43% of the NFL's rosters were made up of players who were undrafted, which is an unbelievable number. I think that number's higher. I, I think it might be closer to 50%, maybe you know, 46 47% now. I think that number has grown. You look at NFL rosters, and you're like, this guy played at Richmond or, you know, whatever. I mean, it's like, you know, this guy wasn't drafted. NFL rosters are... are completely filled with guys who were undrafted so it is not it, it's no longer an issue if a player goes undrafted because you know like my cousin my cousin who played left tackle at, at Iowa State um, the seventh round was going on they were kind of projecting him to be like a seventh round pick in the in the draft okay now he wasn't getting calls wasn't getting calls but the call that he got was from the Kansas City Chiefs they weren't drafting him. They were already offering him a free agent contract before the draft was even over. So he had an opportunity to sign before he was even going to be notified if he had been drafted. So it was kind of an interesting situation for him, and he was telling me about it and stuff. And, of course, he went to camp and went through the camp and got through the preseason and uh, and all those things. And, you know, it was just a, a, a kind of a an interesting thing because he was able to – he was offered – Obviously, he had to wait to sign. Kansas City had offered the deal to him. Said, you know, when the draft ends, we have a deal here on the table for you. But here's the here's the the, uh, uh, the numbers. He also had three other opportunities to go somewhere. One was to walk on with uh, with one of the teams in the NFC West, and then he had two other offers for free agency contracts coming out of the draft. He chose to go to Kansas City because he was already familiar with their offensive line coach. It was a guy that that he had known uh, you know, through the years and trusted and felt most comfortable going there. So a lot of times it's kind of nice to not get drafted. If you know you're not going to be one of the first-round picks and making guaranteed money, millions of dollars in your first four seasons in the NFL, it almost behooves you to kind of wait it out and take that free agency contract because there are lots of coaches in the NFL, and especially with – with Jed Fish being here in Arizona, Stanley can go to Jed and be like, "Hey, you know, the Patriots have offered me a, you know, a, uh, you know, a free agency contract. What do you know about their wide receivers coach? Or you know, the Panthers have offered me that. What do you know about their guy? With Jed's extensive knowledge of coaches in the NFL and such, that's a nice resource for Stanley to have to kind of lean on as he decides where he wants to go. Because, again, I don't know if he'll get drafted. I think it's, we're looking at more of like a, uh, a free agency, an undrafted free agency type of situation. But, again, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I think in certain situations it's advantageous for a player to do that. So, Stanley, uh, you know, wish him all the best. 
his letter to uh, you know to, to basically to you know to the public yesterday was about as classy a letter as you can possibly imagine from a player, and something that I completely expect from a guy like Stanley Berryhill the third. Look, Stanley has been one of those guys when he when he opted to transfer out when he entered the transfer portal this past off season. I thought that was very out of character for him. You know, he, he had agreed to go play for Ball State. Um, I think it was because Ball State was in town and they just kind of they kind of sold him on the program. We didn't know who Arizona was going to hire as their next head coach. The final game of last year was a complete disaster. The coaching staff couldn't have cared less about the players. I, I can understand why he was a little sour on the program. But he turned around, came back to Tucson, and showed out last year. He was he was Arizona's best player this year. Period. End of story. Best player. That, I mean, there's no there's no doubt about it. Um, would have loved to have Stanley back for next year because, obviously, having a player with his skill, um, his ability, he impacts games in so many different ways. He was what was he second in the Pac-12 in total receptions. Um, he had plenty of yard, didn't get a, didn't get to a thousand yards this year, but had well over 700 yards receiving. Um, you know, he also did, you know, did things in specialty. He played both, both sides of special teams. He was punt returner and he was a gunner. Um, you know, probably, probably Arizona's best gunner on, uh, on coverage. So uh, he did everything here. Not only did he do all of that, he was Arizona's leader. He was their captain. He was the you know the straw that that stirred the drink. Stanley Berry Hill was the Arizona Wildcats football team in 2021. He embodied everything that that culture was trying to trying to establish uh, here at Arizona. And I wish him nothing but the absolute best. I am a big big Stanley Berry Hill fan. Of course, from Tucson what is there not to like about that dude? So I wish him all the best, man, and and uh, I know he's got, a, he's got a long road ahead of him, and I hope he's able to find some success not only in the NFL, but wherever he ends up landing, he will be pro- playing professional football somewhere uh, because he's just got too much drive, too much uh, ability to, to go out and, and, and change the game of football. He's a very good football player, period. So wish Stanley all the best. <clears throat> Uh, in high school football, there's going to be one game played in Southern Arizona, and it's number two South Point Catholic taking on number three Desert Edge from uh, up here in uh, in Goodyear on the west side of Phoenix. That game is tonight. It's going to be taking place at South Point High School. It is the semifinal for the 5A AIA state playoffs. Now the winner will go on to play the winner of the number one Horizon versus number four Desert Mountain game, which is taking place uh, up here up in uh, up in North Phoenix for the five A state championship. That game will be next Friday night at Sun Devil Stadium in Tempe. So uh, South Point and, and the matchup, just real quick here, um, the, the matchup between the two teams, they're really quite similar. Um, Desert Edge is a little bit more of a passing team. South Point's a little bit more of a rushing team. But they both averaged 300, like 382 or 383 yards per game. They both had the same amount of sacks per game. Um, South Point, a little bit higher scoring team. They averaged 42. Desert Edge averaged 33 points per game. They did have one common opponent this year. They both played a school called Desert View. Uh, Desert Edge beat them 31-13. South Point shut them out. 
48 nothing. That was very, very early in the season. Uh, uh, Desert Edge just played Desert View uh, like last week, I think. So, um, so the one common opponent there, and uh, hopefully South Point Catholic come away with a victory. They had a a real hard fought victory last weekend with uh, with uh, Notre Dame uh, Prep. Uh, Notre Dame scores a thousand points. They're they're tough, and uh, that was a uh, was a rough game. South Point had a twenty four point lead, and that thing came down to a three point game at the end. So we wish uh, South Point Catholic all the best. The coaches and the players over there hopefully come away with a victory and play for that state championship next week uh, up here in Tempe. The NFL is heading into the home stretch, and they're giving us a big Week 13 divisional matchup between the Patriots and the Bills. And FanDuel Sportsbook is about to make it even bigger for you because FanDuel is giving new customers 30 to 1 odds on either team to win, which means you can place a $5 bet and win $150. Now, we're planning on this being a real defensive struggle, Belichick versus McDermott. So my SGP is going to have the under total. Uh, I'm going to go Josh Allen over rushing yards. I think he's going to be forced to scramble a little bit more. And I like Kendrick Bourne to score an anytime touchdown. He has been on fire lately with Mac Jones. FanDuel Sportsbook is sports betting made simple. They're going to be hooking you up with plenty of offers through uh, you know, over the over the days and the weeks and the months that you're joined there. Uh, offers like this one are just one of the many reasons why betting the NFL on FanDuel makes the uh, you know makes all the difference in the world. It's easy to use app. It's a safe and secure transaction system, and when you get uh, when you win, you get paid in just a couple of hours. Uh, plus, if you're already a FanDuel Sportsbook user, they're hooking current users up with a refer a friend program. When you refer a friend. They get 50 bucks, and you get 50 bucks. Just that simple. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. Sign up with my promo code DEAN before Monday night's matchup, and you could take advantage of the 30-to-1 odds and win $150 on a $5 bet. But you got to use my promo code DEAN so that they know that I sent you exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and over in present in Arizona. Refund is issued as non-withdrawable site credit. Expires in seven days. Max refund is $10. Restrictions apply. See terms. Sportsbook.fanduel.com. Same game parlays are available for multiple sports in all states on mobile and web. And if you think you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. When we return, we'll start to preview some of NFL Week 13. That is next right here on The Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. All right, it is time. Let's give away some tickets, shall we? Some U of A women's basketball tickets. We're going to give them away right now. Call now, 520-719-1490. Caller number, let's do caller number three today. Caller number three at 719-1490 will win themselves a pair of tickets to go see the Arizona women's basketball team take on North Dakota State next Thursday night at the McHale Center. Doors open at 530. Game is at 630. So good luck, 719-1490. The phone number, call now. Good luck, caller number three, winning those tickets to go check out some uh, some women's basketball. Adia Barnes and the ladies return to the McHale Center, the number seven ranked team in the country, and uh, so proud of them and all the work that they have done and the things that they are accomplishing in that uh, program. And uh, we are hashtag blessed to be the, uh, the Arizona Wildcats right now because, gosh, uh, we are now the only school, I believe, uh, if, if I'm not mistaken, 
I believe Arizona is now the only school in the country with two undefeated basketball teams because there was a loss last night that occurred, and I believe that was it. I think that was the last uh, domino to fall to make uh, Arizona uh, University of Arizona the uh, the only school in the country with a men's and women's program that are unbeaten. So, uh, and really, you know, when you look at the, the scores of the games, uh, the women's team has been tested once. The men's team has been tested once. Other than that, it's been blowout city for uh, for Wildcat basketball. So uh, proud to be a, an Arizona Wildcat fan and uh, employee for myself today. And uh, hopefully you guys are uh, enjoying the ride as well. Um, real quick, before I get into NFL, I just want to make this uh, you know, for those of you college football fans who may or may not care, uh, Bronco Mendenhall, head coach of the Virginia Cavaliers, resigned yesterday from his position after going 36 and 38 in his six seasons in Charlottesville. He has decided to hang it up. He mentioned that he's been coaching for 31 straight years in uh, in uh, in football, and that he and his wife just need some time away. Bronco Mendenhall, not. Not really an old, you know, guy by any stretch. He's I think he's fifty-seven years old. Uh, so I expect him to possibly return to the sidelines at some point in time, but maybe not. Uh, you know, maybe he's just going to enjoy his life and and uh, ride off into the sunset. But uh, nonetheless, Bronco Mendenhall resigning from his position at Virginia, which now leaves another opening in a Power Five conference at uh, the ACC, of course. Now, just I mean, literally this morning, I was like, okay, I'll take five minutes to think about this. Who, who do I think would be good candidates for the job? i got three names. Number one name is Jamie Chadwell, who is the current head coach at Coastal Carolina, runs that really innovative and fun offense. They are wild to watch, man. Like, if you, if you have not watched a Coastal Carolina game, I implore you to check it out. If you're a football fan, check it out. It is a really fun and wild offense to watch and a very different and uh, Jamie Chadwell should be right at the top of their list. He's been very, very successful in a short period of time at Coastal Carolina. Other two names, uh, one guy was coaching at a very, very big school who recently got fired, Dan Mullen. I think Dan Mullen deserves a look from a team. Maybe he just needs to take a step back, go down to the ACC, go to a program that doesn't need to rebuild, just needs to continue to move in the direction that they were going. Again, a losing record for you know for Mendenhall. He took over a bad program there um, when he got there. Got them, of course, to a New Year's Six game just two years ago. So Dan Mullen, I think, would be a good candidate, even though recruiting has kind of taken a back seat for Dan Mullen in recent years, especially in the la- this last year at Florida. Maybe uh, you know rejuvenation somewhere else would be a good thing for Dan Mullen. And the other one is a currently sitting head coach who has done an extremely good job, but out here on the West Coast, but he does have East Coast and Midwest ties. Brady Hoke, the current head coach at San Diego State, I think would be deserving of a look from a team in a Power 5 conference in a position like Virginia. He would get a nice raise going to Virginia. Of course, Brady Hoke, the former head coach at Michigan, um, you know, could, could, could bring that 
that you know hard nosed NFL style kind of culture to Charlottesville. So you got three ways to look at it. You can either go to Jamie Chadwell, which is just you know crazy wide open innovative offense. You got Dan Mullen, who is going to do you know obviously you know very high powered type of offense everywhere he goes. They've scored a ton of points. Or you go with a guy like Brady Hoke, who's just going to bring the hammer with him. So um, I think those are three options that I would look at. I'm sure there are plenty of other uh, plenty of other candidates out there that are being looked at. But uh, just throwing my two cents out there. Uh, congratulations to our winner, Kyle Johnson. Kyle Johnson was caller number three and was able to win himself that pair of tickets to go see U of A women's basketball. Kyle, thank you for listening. Congratulations and enjoy the game. Looking ahead at NFL Week 13, um, th- there's there are some less than exciting matchups. Let's just put it that way. Um, some of the some of the games, you know, you look at like the spreads and there's 10 and 10 and a half points and 11 point spreads and things like that. There's, there's plenty of games that uh, leave something to be desired. Um, you, you know, even the Cardinals game, you know, heading over to Chicago, normally when covering Cardinal football, we'd be like, Oh man, this is going to be a tough game for the Cardinals. It doesn't matter how good or how bad, uh, you know, how good the Cardinals are, how bad the other team is when the Cardinals go on the road. Uh, you know, it's especially for an early game, they always get thumped. And, but this year is different. Cardinals are 6-0 and on the road. They have absolutely decimated uh, every team that they've played on the road this year. They're a 7.5-point favorite. I don't know if the Bears are going to be, be putting up much of a fight against the Cardinals, who, according to the reports, are going to have the full complement of superstars available to them this Sunday, as Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins have both practiced and are cleared to play it is still unsure, uncertain if they will start or if they've just been kind of upgraded a little bit right now. However, um, as we talked about with Tyler Drake, of course, our Cardinals insider earlier this week, it is so vitally important right now in the current state of the NFL with the way that the playoffs are seeded for teams to get that number one seed because only one team gets the bye now. So, it is so important for teams like the Cardinals in the position they're in, 9-2. and two, They have the best winning percentage in the NFC, but if they end up in a tie after Week 18 with the Green Bay Packers, the Green Bay Packers will have that head-to-head, head-to-head advantage and will win the number one seed, and the Cardinals will find themselves playing in Week 1 of the playoffs. So it's incumbent uh, – not incumbent. It is, it is important that for the Cardinals – to, uh, to, to go out and try to win every game as best they can, give themselves the best chances to win. And, of course, the best chance to win for the Cardinals is by playing Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. You can't take teams lightly in the NFL. Anybody who does is foolish. And, uh, of course, coaches and players don't do that. I don't believe uh, anybody does that in the NFL. They know better. So Cardinals won't be taking this game lightly if – if they truly mean business, Cliff Kingsbury will have both Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins out there to start the game against Chicago. And if that's the case, you know, Chicago would just be completely overmatched in that game. I still think they're overmatched even without Kyler Murray and uh, and DeAndre Hopkins. I think the Cardinals' defense will be able to hold the Bears down enough 
to basically, you know, the Bears aren't going to win this game 10-7, to and that's about the only way that they, only chance that they have unless something crazy happens and a block punt resulting in a touchdown or something. I, I, I just don't see it. So I do like the Cardinals in that game. I like the Cardinals big, to be honest with you, especially if Kyler and Deha play. Um, I like them to go in there and put a whooping on the on the Bears. The Bears have, have shown some shown some gumption recently, but uh, Cardinals are on a different level right now. So uh, I like that. Um, you, you know, some other interesting games, I guess, when you when you're looking at the schedule. I think the Niners and the Seahawks could be an interesting game. This is a do or die for the Seahawks. They are in dire straits right now. If you watched Pete Carroll's press conference from earlier this week, he was cantankerous. It was very unlike Pete Carroll to be that way with the media. He was short. He was terse. Uh, It was a very, very uncomfortable-looking press conference to watch. There have been plenty of things said outside the locker room by players in uh, in that franchise that have not spoken well about things that are going on inside the walls of that of that franchise and I think that the Seahawks are in for a really rough remainder of the season this is it though this is their do or die they have an opportunity to beat one of the NFL's hottest teams right now in front of their home crowd a game where the Niners are favored by three and a half points that game is going to be huge for both of those teams if the Niners can win that game they go to seven and five they secure a good position in the wild card spot, um, they're in you know in a good position in the NFC West and starting to reel in the Rams a little bit, whom they've just owned over the last three four years uh, in Sean McVay. So that would put the Niners in a good position. These are two teams that are going to fight very very hard uh, for that win. So that'll be an interesting one as well. A few other interesting games that we'll get into here in the next hour as we have hour number two coming up. Coming up in hour number two, my Friday five, we'll make my picks in five of the conference championship games that are occurring this weekend. And, of course, my NFL lock of the weekend. Who knows? Something else may come up as well. But we've still got a lot more to talk about here. You're listening to The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back. Pardon me. Run out of breath here. It's the Jeff Dean Show here on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Just a quick segment here before our quick top of the hour break and then jumping into hour number two. Lots and lots of football to get into. Super, super excited about that. Notre Dame uh, is expected to elevate defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman to the head coaching position at the age of 35. Um, a lot of Notre Dame fans were uh, upset yesterday thinking that, uh, the, the, you know, that 35 is just too young to be a head coach in, in college football. And Lincoln Riley was 33 when he took over Oklahoma. Dabo Sweeney, I think, was 36 or 37 when he took over Clemson. It's not about age. It's about having the right fit. It's about having the right guy for the job. And if you think he's the right guy for the job, then the age won't matter. It doesn't matter how old or how young he is. It's about having the right dude in place to uh, to get your program to its next set of heights. <laughs> There's been a lot of discussion on the social medias and the, the talking heads on television about <laughs> Brian Kelly 
making an appearance at LSU basketball game last night and uh, giving a little speech at halftime, firing up the crowd there. And it appears that in his two days down in uh, down in Baton Rouge, he has developed some sort of a uh, Cajun Creole Southern accent. <laughs> Brian Kelly, who was about when, when you when you hear Brian Kelly talk, he you know he speaks in about the most like middling American accent. I mean, I guess is the best way that I can put it. He's you know he just there's no accent really to you know to speak of. Uh, when when he talks, he's just very plain, uh, you know, non-discernible type of accent. And uh, last night at LSU, got himself a little bit of Cajun. <laughs> I was like, what in the hell is this guy doing? Look, I'm gonna, I'm just going to put this out there. and I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be petty or anything. I have never, ever liked Brian Kelly. Like, individually, like, as, as, a, as a person, I've never liked him. Uh, I... I just always felt like he was snake in the grass. Like I, I have a pretty good uh, ability to read people. Like I can, I've got a pretty good ability. I'm not saying that I'm prejudiced or anything like that. I just get a pretty good idea for people and certain traits that are not so favorable in human beings. And Brian Kelly has displayed several of those traits over the years. He's, he's just kind of, I don't know. Like, he doesn't give a rip about anybody but himself, and I just can't stand people like that. So um, him having his southern accent last night, pumping up the crowd at LSU, not surprised. The guy's been lying to people his entire life, and he'll continue to do it at LSU. But, hey, he's getting $10 million a year. Who cares? All right, that is our number one in the books. We still got our number two coming up, a football Friday. It is completely full with football coverage coming up in our number two my picks against the spread in the championship games nfl lock of the week and a whole lot more stay tuned quick turnaround and we'll be right back here on 1490 am 104.9 fm espn tucson from the casino del sol studio the soul of tucson this is espn tucson kffn tucson kwcx tank of verde kmxz hd for tucson